Sports Ethos New York Knicks podcast, Andre Galliber, and I'm sick, I'm sick and tired of some of you fake fans, man. You guys just on here, I swear to God, you're just on social media to troll and generate interest and engagement. One would say it's genius. But it's just so disingenuous. It's just bad for the world, man. Because these people doing that in all walks of life. You guys are seriously. Now, I understand what Evan Fournier did is news. It's news. It's legitimate news. He had some, some pretty harsh things to say, including how he wanted to spit on people, which... Nobody seems to be criticizing him enough for. I mean, the comment alone, because people, you know, love the shit to shade Thibodeau and shade the Knicks, and nobody's focused on the fact that he said he wants to spit on people, which is absolutely ridiculous. He's not the first person to ever get benched. Get over yourself. Okay? But I understand where Evan is coming from. He's upset. He's, he's you know, players who don't play are mad. That happens. Usually, they don't speak out the way he he does or he did. Most professionals, they eat it and keep it moving. Every now and then, you run into guys that can't shut up and got to make it about themselves. And I'm actually surprised. About, I'm surprised that Evan is one of those guys. I, mean, I am surprised. I don't think the Knicks are purposely not trading him. I've seen people say that. You're, you're an idiot. They're not purposely not trading him. They're not trying to give him away. Because as soon as they give him away, you'll criticize, you'll criticize them for giving him away. As soon as they have to attach a draft pick to trade Evan Fournier, you will criticize him, them for having to, attract, having to attach a draft pick to trade him. So do not criticize the Knicks for not giving him away. Don't be a hypocrite. The Knicks are looking for the right deal for Evan, and we'll go into that in a minute. But I understand from Evan's perspective, he's pissed off. He feels like he can help. He feels like he can contribute. And the Knicks didn't. And now nobody wants him. It sucks. It's frustrating. I get it. Be a pro. You're not the only guy who's been benched. You got guys sitting around the league who played all year and can't get a job. Okay, can't get a job. Free agents can't get a job. P.J. Washington, Kelly Oubre, Christian Wood. You go down the line, I'm not going to read out the whole list of free agents. They're guys who actually performed last year. And we can get into what's what the issue is with each, one, each and every one of those guys or not. But there's an issue with you too. The next season turned around when they benched Evan Fournier. We all know it. We talked about it all year long. When they took him out the lineup, they got better. When he took him out the rotation, they got better. If the Knicks didn't have that little dry spell right around that time, RJ got hurt and then Brunson got hurt. They had they took some losses that they probably wouldn't have if they had a full squad. The numbers would look like night and day. The Knicks were in a play-in, barely in the play-in. After, what, 20 games in the season with Evan Fournier starting. Last year, Evan Fournier said that was fourth in the league in three-point shooting. Yeah, and the Knicks were a lottery team. They were a lottery team. I think he had the worst plus minus on the team. 
Let's not act like this came out of nowhere. And Nick fans have been clamoring for young kids to play for years, even though they've been playing. And we've talked about this. Grimes was playing almost from the time he was healthy until he got hurt. He was playing in his, in his rookie year. Quickly has played since he came to this team. Obi has played since he came to this team. And we've talked about Obi ad nauseum. So we're not going to keep going into that. These guys, these kids have played. Stop saying he doesn't play the kids. You are complaining they don't play enough. But guess what? That's why Evan Fournier got benched. So that they could play more. You wanted them to play more. This is what it meant. It meant no Derrick Rose. It meant no Evan Fournier. This was the mistake that Tibbs made in year two. Partly because Quickly wasn't playing well. I know you guys like to act like that didn't happen. Quickly didn't play well in his second season. And we talked about how Kemba might have influenced that. I firmly believe that. The fact that Kemba was here influenced Quickly in how he plays. He seems like he's in his head a little bit too much sometimes. They should have never brought Kemba in. They should have never brought Fournier in. And that's the mistake here. The mistake here, and we talked about this before. Stop signing guys when you have young guys who you have committed to. And when I say committed to, you drafted them in the first round. You are committed to them. You are paying them first round rookie scale. You're committed to them. Don't bring in guaranteeing contracts and play in front of them. You drafted Grimes. Why would you sign Fournier? It was a mistake. And that's a mistake that nobody's talking about. That's the mistake. The mistake here. Just like with Obi. The mistake happened years ago. It's the same thing with Fournier. The mistake happened years ago when they signed him to that deal. And it, listen, and at the time, I'm not going to act like at the time I was dead set against it. I didn't like it. I wanted the Knicks to sign Norman Powell, and I'm stupid because Norman Powell signed for, signed for a little bit more than Evan did, and I was like, I guess that's too much money for Norman Powell. I guess we're better off, you know, cheaper contract for Evan Fournier. I'm an idiot. Should have signed Norman Powell and gave him a couple extra bucks because that's how much better he is than Evan Fournier. And I knew it at the time. And and people said, well, you can't give Fournier that much money. Fournier is a shooter. That's how much shooters cost. That's how much they cost. It costs about $18 million a year, except when you sign them for $18 million a year, and then you can't trade them because nobody else wants a shooter for $18 million a year, even though that's what they cost. Ask Duncan Robinson. Go around the league. Luke Kennard has been passed around. He's not even making that much. He's been passed around. Guys don't want to pay shooters who can't play defense big money. They don't. The Knicks did it. It was a mistake. Teams do it. They, they will pay shooters. They have been. I think it's going to, about to slow down. They will pay shooters $18 million a year and them not be great defensive players. That's, that's what they've been doing for the last five, six years. That's five years, maybe. That's what they've been doing. And Knicks did it, too. It was a mistake. And I've talked about it. I talked about it on early episodes. Just because that's the value for the type of player he is doesn't mean that's the value to you. If you were a championship team with your foundational players and you needed that extra oomph, go ahead and you can fit in $18 million into your salary. Go ahead and give it to him because he's extra. But when you don't have those foundational players, you can't afford to pay guys like Evan Fournier $18 million a year. You can't do it. That's like the Lakers with with D'Lo. They're giving him about, about that. 
They can afford to do that. In theory, they can afford to do it. Because they have AD. They have LeBron. They have some other guys in the rotation that they're happy with. You know what? We can we can afford to give somebody who can blow up for 20, 25 points. We can afford to give him some bucks. We can afford to do that. Take a chance. He can carry us for a week or two in the regular season. Knicks can't do that. They can't. They should have never signed him. But they did. And once they signed him, they let him play. And when he was here, he shot the ball fairly decent. But he had holes in his game. And some of his holes you could blame on the offense. Yeah, I know he certainly did. I know he certainly did. And I'll side with him on that. There were other things that Evan could do. And he was being underutilized. Agreed. But defensively, he was a sieve. He was a sieve for almost the whole first half of the season. He got better in the second half of the season. But then he started the season off this year, and he's a sieve. They go after him. He's a He can be a good Defender when he can anticipate what you're going to do. And he can be a physical defender. Sometimes he gets his hands in there. There's some positives in what he does. He probably would be even better if he got a chance to play more. But the Knicks were not good when he was playing. They were not good. Do you get it? They weren't good. As soon as he wasn't playing, they got better. Grimes played more. Quickly played more. McBride played more. The Knicks got better. They turned the season around. And like I said, the numbers would even look would look even bigger. The difference would be even bigger if they didn't hit that, that little skid where they played Milwaukee and Portland and I believe Memphis. I don't have it in front of me. Forgive me. They had a real bad week. Weekend, a real bad weekend and week. Chicago, I think the Chicago game was in there with Brunson missed the free throws. And then Brunson got hurt. And I think the Dallas game was, was around that time. The Dallas debacle. The West Coast trip where they lost to San Antonio. I believe, it was, I believe that was the time. Brunson missed some of those games. If it wasn't for that little stretch, the numbers would look even more dominant without Evan Fournier. And I get that. You want to say, hell, if sands and buts. Sure, sure, sure. But we could just go on what we saw on the floor and, t- and say the Knicks were better. They were better. The Knicks had the sixth best offensive efficient team in the league, I believe, last year. That's how they finished. I'm not saying the offense is perfect. I'm not saying they can't use improvement, blah, blah, blah. But that wasn't the case when Evan was playing. He needed to get benched, and Tibbs told him he was coming out of the lineup. He told him he was coming out of the rotation. You guys talking about you're mad about how Tibbs manages his players? Okay, maybe. Maybe there's a problem with how he manages players. He told him he was out the lineup. He told him he was out the rotation. What you want him to do with the whole rest of the year? Keep holding his hand? That's what, that's what you're mad about? That he's not holding Evan Fournier's hand all year? That's what we're doing? Evan is grown. Y'all complained about the same thing with Cam Reddish. Cam Reddish got traded to Portland, and Portland said, go ahead, go ahead and kick rocks. They said, go ahead and kick rocks. They wouldn't even sign him for two and a half million a year or whatever he got from the Lakers. He went to the Lakers because Palinka, Rob Palinka's long loved Cam Reddish and the potential Cam Reddish. He's long been a fan. 
on top of the fact that he's a clutch client and clutch is like a partner with the Lakers at this point because as long as LeBron is there. It's not like he signed for $10 million a year. Portland didn't want to keep him. Do you understand what you're saying? Portland's about to trade Dame Lillard and rebuild. And they didn't want to keep him. And you guys are still complaining about how he was managed on the bench. And treated unfairly by Thibodeau. Maybe, just maybe, Tibbs treats these guys like men and professionals. And say, listen, you're not going to play right now because you were trash. So sit down there until we need you. And when we need you, when you get in there, don't be trash. Because you know what? When the Knicks have needed Evan Fournier, more than 70, 80% of the time, he was not a plus when he kept on, when he stepped on the floor. He was poor. But you wanted Tibbs to hold his hand? You want to criticize Tibbs? You want to fire Tibbs in July for a benching that happened in December? Because the guy is complaining about how his season went? What did you want him to say? I know what you wanted. I know what you wanted. You wanted him to say Tibbs was a great communicator all year and he met with me once a week to explain his rotation decisions. And if somebody was injured, he sat me down and told me why he didn't want to play, why he didn't want me to play that game. And uh, I was sitting in all of the negotiations when it comes to, you know, my potential trades. And if he would have said that, all of you would have given Thibodeau credit, right? All of you would have said, well, you should have handled Cam like that. That's what you would have done, right? You'd have given him credit? No. You would You would have said, why didn't he handle Cam like that? He did it for Fournier, but he didn't do it for Cam. What's that about? Is it because Fournier is white? (laughs) Why why did he do it for Fournier and not Cam? You would have criticized him. Either way, even if he didn't go down that route, you would have been like, why is he spending so much time explaining to Fournier what he's doing in the rotation? Did he do that with Miles McBride? That's what you would have done. You'd have found another reason to criticize him. This is what I think. Could Tibbs have handled Cam better based on what we know? Sure. Do I know why Cam didn't play? Yes. And I think a lot of basketball observers know why Cam didn't play. Guys who watch the league, guys who watch the Knicks, you can have differing opinions. You can believe that Cam has potential in this league. You could say, well, they should have done this with Cam and done that with Cam. Sure, I can agree with some of that. But the Knicks were better with the decisions that were made. So can you can you really criticize and say, sure, he could have explained things to, to Cam a little bit better. Sure. Understand the situation. Cam was in a free agent year. And he needed to play so that he can make money. And him not playing means he doesn't make money. So tell me what could Tibbs have done to make Cam feel better about not playing in a contract year. 
nothing. He was going to be mad either way. And you don't even know the details. You don't even know the back and forth. Apparently, there was a, a Cam uh, Tibbs argument. You don't even know everything. We don't know everything. Can you can you say that there's a pattern of behavior here between Ob Cam and Fournier? I'm not even mentioning Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose turned down opportunities to go to contenders because he wanted to stay with the team. He turned down buyout opportunities after the trade deadline because he wanted to stay with the team. So I'm leaving Derrick out of this. Can you say that there's real there's a real pattern between Obi, Cam, and Evan and them being mad at the coach because they're not playing enough? Sure. Just like you can see a pattern with every NBA player in the league who thinks they should be playing more and they're not. That's the pattern. They're mad about it. Obi doesn't want to be in a situation where he, like Cam, where his contract is up, but he's not playing somewhere. He's not playing enough, so he's not going to get paid. He doesn't want to be in that situation. And he's a CAA client. So they took care of him. You can get into that conspiracy theory. They took care of him. Leon Rose's son represents Obi. Yeah, make sure everybody gets their check. You want to get into that? You can. You can. But Tibbs played who he thought he needed to play to win games. You can agree or disagree. But that's what he did. If there was some politics involved, then Obi would have been playing so that Leon Rose's son can get paid. That's not what this was. Cam Reddish got traded to another team, played, and I and I went through this on the show. At one point, he was on minus 100. Now, you can talk about all the nuances of plus minus and uh, yeah you can and at the same time Josh Hart was like a plus 100 <laughs> so we can we can play that game all you want I'm exaggerating about Josh Hart I don't think he was quite a plus 100 but Cam was a, a minus 100 at some point we all know the Knicks were like the second best team in the league after the Josh Hart trade y'all and they went on a silly win streak everybody knows that Cam Reddish got traded to that team. He put up some numbers a couple of games. You guys couldn't wait to tell everybody about it. But here he was, a free agent. He signed for, I think, just under $3 million a year for two years. And I th- You guys don't question why Portland didn't bring him back? Huh? Huh? They could have brought him back. They didn't. You know why? The same reason that Tibbs didn't want to play him. He's not that good. And we already detailed where Fournier dropped the ball in his own, his gameplay. So tell me, at the end of the day, what you wanted different. You want the guys you want to play to play. And the guys you don't want to play to not play. I see some of you guys shading Alec Burks. He, because he played point guard last year. He was forced to play out of position. Didn't play great. Didn't look great. But Alec Burks, he is a good player. He's a good NBA player. He's a two-way player. He's hitting threes. He has some real good stretches of games for Detroit. He's a valued rotation player in this league. Detroit was looking for a first-round draft pick for him last year. They weren't going to get it, but that's what they were looking for because that's the level he was playing at. 
Y'all wanted him to sit for the kids. But now you beefing about Fournier sitting? Don't try to spin it now because some of you guys are so embarrassed. You got so embarrassed by so many. Listen, there were more people on my timeline clowning Nick fans complaining about Evan Fournier or how he was treated. Then I saw people defending Evan Fournier or complaining about Evan Fournier's and his, his treatment. So kudos to most of the Nick fans, but you guys are still out there. And it's typically the same guys that are negative about every single thing when it comes to the Knicks. It's the same guys. It was a, a tweet. Somebody asked a question, who, who in the in Nick community would you block? And almost everybody had the same five or six names. And it's funny because those are the same five or six people I wish I could block. I'm not even following them. They're negative about every single thing, which tells you what their stance really is. Because you got embarrassed and called out because most negative Twitter, Nick Twitter, is about the kids playing. That's really what negative Nick Twitter has been for years. It's been about the kids playing. Right? So you can't be on that side of the fence and then complain about Fournier's benching. You were called out for that. You were called out as hypocrites for that. And now you're spinning it to say, well, we're not complaining about Fournier's benching is how he was handled. How it was handled. It's a pattern of behavior. So at the end of the day, what's different on the floor? Nothing. So what do you care about? That's what you're trying to tell me? You care about how Evan Fournier was being treated with his $18 million a year? That's what you're complaining about? Is a pattern of behavior. Players don't want to come here because of how players are treated. Okay. Obi Toppin was sent somewhere so that he can make money. You don't think players peep that? You don't, you don't think players peep Fournier and the fact that he can't play defense and say, hey, man, that's life? You don't think players peep Cam Reddish going to another team and getting let go and, and having to sign a $2, 3000000 million contract with, with the Lakers as a sign that maybe Cam ain't as nice as people think he is? You guys want to you guys wanna blame Tibbs and Leon Rose for players not coming to New York even though players weren't coming to New York before they got here? Oh, wait, yeah, yeah, Dolan too. Dolan's the reason. So what the hell does that have to do with Tibbs and Fournier? People have been complaining about players not wanting to come to New York for 20 years, and they've been blaming everything from where the practice facility is to James Dolan, anything under the sun. It was Phil Jackson. It was this guy. It was that guy. Now it's not Dolan. Now it's because Tibbs, how Tibbs is treating Cam Reddish and Evan Fournier. And by extension, Derrick Rose, because people don't follow enough details to know that Derrick Rose probably shouldn't be included in that. The Knicks had a successful season, second round out. Played Miami Heat as well as anybody did. If Boston didn't come back in that series, it would have been a real embarrassment. And the Knicks clearly, head and shoulders, would have been the best team to play in Miami Heat. Going into the finals. But you're still finding a way to say that Tibbs is doing something. Listen, he's not perfect. He's not perfect. There are things that he's done wrong. Don't get me wrong. But you want to blame him for the players he chose to play during a regular season? You want to complain about playoff rotations? Join the club. You find a coach in the end. You find a coach not named Mike Malone who didn't get beef, didn't get beef from the fan base on player rotation decisions. You find the coach. You let me know who that coach is. Spo. 
Because I beg to differ. Even Spo was getting complaints about who was playing and when and why from Miami Heat fans. Even though he was pulling so many of the right strings. So nobody's buying this nonsense that you guys are mad about how he treated the players and how other players see that and not going to want to come here. Because you guys, the same guys have been complaining about players not wanting to come here for every reason under the sun for decades. Maybe some of you are not old enough to know that. You blamed everything under the sun. Now it's because of Tibbs and Leon Rose. Now it's because of CAA running the Knicks. Thanks to Rich Paul's comments or rumored comments. It's everything under the sun. Because all you want to talk about is negative stuff. That's it. So you're going to jump on every bandwagon. Some of us are paying attention to your nonsense and see your inconsistencies. Don't try to switch it up now. So I understand where Evan is coming from. I understand him being upset. I like Evan until he started talking about spitting on people. Now I really don't care that much. He was a pro during the year. As far as we know, on the court and off the court, he was off the court. He was a pro. I respect that as a Nick fan. I'm glad that he he did not disrupt the team. Are you are you for real? Let's talk about Evans' contract. He is on the last year. He has a team option next year. This is the last year of his deal. Eighteen million dollar deal, right? On one hand. When you have an undesirable contract, everyone knows at this point that you might have to attach an asset to get rid of the contract. But when there's one year left on the deal, you shouldn't have to attach too much to a team to get rid of that contract. But you do have to attach something. Except teams want to shed salary. There are a lot of teams that want to shed salary. There's a lot of teams that have guys signed... Guys like Evan Fournier, but are not on the last year of their deal. They want to make room for other players, whatever the case may be. So they'd be happy to give you a guy that might have a few years left on his deal for a guy who has a year left on his deal because they want to shed, uh, shed salary. In that case, the Knicks wouldn't have to give up any assets. They'd be getting something in that situation. Also, the Knicks are looking for big players, big all-star, superstar type type players who make $30, $40 million a year. In that case, having a contract like Fournier eats up half the amount of salary that's needed to make that deal. And for the team that's getting Fournier, it's a benefit because if you're trading a player who's an all-star caliber player, you would like a little salary cap relief at the same time. So the fact that you're getting a player who has a year left on his deal or, just on, or is on his last year, that is a benefit to you. So Fournier's contract is a trade chip for a bigger deal. It is a trade chip for a player or players who may have more years left on their deal but are currently on a team that does not want their services beyond this year or this year at all and want the cap relief. So there is a perfect storm deal out there for Fournier where the Knicks will not have to give up any assets to get rid of them. And that's the deal the Knicks are waiting for. That deal may never come. 
but it is unlikely unless there's a, a, a some other deal out there that they can include Fournier on, but they need the cap space for. It is unlikely that they are going to attach an asset to get rid of Fournier's contract before the deadline. And if they did attract uh, attach an asset to get rid of Fournier's contract before the deadline, it is going to be a favor to Fournier because at that point you would just let him let him go, let him go. But he would now have had sat on the bench for two years without playing, and that's a hey, now that's that's a lot to ask. That's messed up. That's messed up. That means you're you're not. Then then the Knicks would be not trading him on purpose. Because it is their mistake that he's even here. Not after one year, but yeah. They let him sit there a whole season? Yeah. Even half a season? Yeah. I'd agree. To a, to a lesser extent. Right? Buy him out. If you're not going to move them, buy them out. But there are opportunities out there, even if they can't bring a player back. If they if they can just get if they can just get a traded player exception for Fournier's contract. I think it would be a benefit to the Knicks. They might attach a small asset, a lower value asset just to get the traded player exception. Then they'll have a year to use it. Right? But don't think the Knicks are going to actually get value beyond salary cap space and a traded player exception from 99% of the league in a Fournier deal. They're either going to get back a guy who has money owed beyond this year or two guys who have money owed beyond this year or they're going to get back very little, if nothing, or nothing, and have to give something. If he's not a part of a bigger deal. And that's why Fournier is not here. Because you know the Knicks have been trying to make that bigger deal, and they haven't made it. This is also only July. But they're not going to, they're not going to move Fournier for undesirable deals. Two players, because they didn't have to cut a guy if it's two players. And they don't want to cut anybody right now. And if it's one player, if you if you're making that trade for one player, then what does that even mean? That means he's make either making less than Fournier, which that means the team that you're trading is going to want Fournier more than the guy they're trading, which means he might be a worse player. So he's just you're just moving pieces around, which might be a benefit if neither one of those guys are playing and might just be happy to get a um a first start somewhere. But or maybe that guy can play backup power forward. But if he's not on the last year of his deal, then it really kind of hurts the Knicks if they move Fournier. He might as well keep Fournier if it's a lateral move. So you understand the complexities of trading Fournier at this point. They would be 100% just doing him a favor if they, if they attached anything to a deal to send Fournier away. Not 100% because it would be a traded player exception. But it would 100% be a favor if they took any players back that had contracts went on beyond this year. It would be stupid. It would be stupid. Either you're going to take back a player who's on the same contract 
maybe a different position. Or you take it back a player who's better than him. And maybe add asset to Fournier to get this better player. And the superstar player will be included in that scenario. But this is not just about trading him to make him happy. They can't they can't do that right now. Like I said, maybe you trade deadline, maybe right before you trade deadline, maybe around December 15th when all of the free agents are allowed to sign, all the new contract signing guys are allowed to be traded, maybe around there. But that's just that's just not a good move. And I'm not saying that Fournier has to understand it. He doesn't have to understand it, but you do. Fournier could just not care. He's thinking about what's best for him. But you should be thinking about what's best for your organization. Acknowledge the mistake was made, when it was made, when they signed him. And now that he's here, it's not about whether or not Tom Thibodeau held his hand during a winning season where they were the sixth best offense in the league and one of the best defensive teams in the league. Went to the second round of the playoffs. And I don't care about some of you who think Fournier should have played in the playoffs. I don't care. Because he would still be in the same situation. <laughs> All right? They still wouldn't have won the championship if Fournier played. You think, you think Fournier was going to beat Miami Heat? Boston couldn't beat the Miami Heat. But if we played Fournier, we would have won. Shut up. Not even get into the basketball sense of it. But just think about it. Evan Fournier is the difference between the Knicks winning against the Heat or losing against the Heat, even though he was the reason why they were under 500? Stop it. SportsEthos.com, at SportsEthos on Twitter, at EthosKnicks. Until next time.